Hi, you're listening to Go See a Show, New York City's independent theater podcast. Broken Box Mime Theater is back on the mic, ironically, discussing their new show, Skin. And this was a pretty special performance for me personally, as you'll learn through this interview. I spoke with a couple of the performers immediately following that performance. Let's just jump right into our conversation. The main stage stuff, there is like a whole, um, both education and like more kids friendly shows. Kids oriented, yeah, yeah specifically geared to kids. Um, that are uh, a little more interactive and have specific teaching points about the history of mime and about the different, you know, different educational points that are covered in schools, for example. Awesome. And there's like a speaking person who's an MC who kind of talks through the show. Uh, gives, it acts the, as your guide. Yes. yes. Kind of, it's, the show's called Destination Everywhere. And it's uh, oh wait, I remember hearing about this. Yeah. Yes, okay. And so that's like a more yeah, it's more interactive, and it's more about uh, guiding the the audience through the experience. We put on makeup on stage, and kids see the process. And, um, it was very cool that you yeah. a lot of you came out and took your makeup off off sta- on stage mm-hmm. after the show as well. Like that was that was a nice. I don't remember if I've seen that happen at a Broken Box show before. First time. Um, really? Okay. Mm-hmm. I was like, wait a minute. I don't think I... This is the third show I've done for the podcast, so... Cool. Um, but yeah, we may as well just get started. I hit record sure. because like, I wanted to catch yeah. stuff about education on here. Yeah. But let's, uh, let's introduce you to... Um, sure. Let me know who you are and uh, let our audience know what you did on the show. My name is Marissa Molnar, and um, I mean... I was, let's see, you mean pieces that we're in? Or, or like you're a performer. Yes, I'm a performer, so. part of the company. Um, but w- because we also write and direct within different pieces within, I did a few of the pieces as well as a writer-director. I'm Joel Perez. I'm also part of the ensemble as an actor and writer and uh, yeah, collaborator. A lot of our work is um, often uh, we'll pitch pieces to the group. And then once they're in the show, we then uh, go through a pretty long process of just refining what that story is. And it kind of belongs to the group in terms of getting uh, feedback and notes and always tweaking it to to eventually get to what you see on stage. And I was, uh, I didn't listen back, but I was reading back about my previous uh, episodes with Broken Box. And one of the notes that I heard or that I remembered um, was this really great line from either Becky or Nick uh, and they said that mime is essentially like a perfect distillation of theater that it's it's basically theater and, and theatrical storytelling in its most basic and basic in the best of terms right so I, that was actually even before I went and reread my posts uh, to refresh myself on that I was thinking of it through the show because it struck me how mime can do both really simple and uh, quotidian things um, right down to like showing like how birds are and fish mm-hmm. uh, and, and and just like simple things that we all recognize. There was a boy band on stage at one point. We all knew what that was. It's very simple, almost like I guess uh, I, I simple is maybe the best word there, right? But then it, you also get to these grand questions of life and death and humanity and what it means to be a human being in as part of time like that is a, <laughs> these are massive ideas talk to me about like i feel like that you have this grand power in your hands and then 
you have to use your bodies and facial expressions to direct that. Like, I just, I love that that's an option. Talk to me about what that's like. like you, you have this massive palette. How do you figure out where you're going to go? I do think there's a lot of freedom in the um, restriction of mime and that there is this, uh, the rules that we set for ourselves cause us to kind of rethink how to tell certain stories and within that uh, use the form to our advantage and that's definitely a, a task we set out to do in this, in Skin in particular, was kind of look at the form of mime and what are ways to kind of play with that and change it and even um, rules that we've set for ourselves as a company for uh, a couple of years let's see where we can push the limits and, and how we tell stories um, and not necessarily feel like um, there's only one way to do it um, and it's also a, a space for us as not just uh, mimes but just as actors and as artists to um, have a conversation about things that are going on in our lives. Like our current socio-political climate is something that is just on our minds. And then rather than feel like um, mime needs to be a place or our shows need to be a place to escape some of that, why not use it as a tool to um, wrestle with some of those bigger themes? And I guess like there's also this idea of the blank page though, right? You know, we always say that and you actually write about it in your program, like you, through these constraints, you have freedom, and you just said that you mm -hmm. And but then, in that freedom, there's this. Uh, you actually get to it in the show with the piece that you were uh, the, I guess the artist creator, uh, Marissa, mm -hmm. and you had this blank slate that you needed to. We're, we're seeing you turn these pages. What am I going to do? What is this right? Is this how? I'm so fascinated at that huge blank canvas, that broken box explodes for yourselves every time you walk into a room. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of, I mean, at the very beginning of the process, we kind of get together and talk about what's on our minds in general thematically and what, uh, and that, that has to do with things that are happening in our lives, like Joelle said, and also things that are happening in the world. And once we kind of start to coalesce a little bit around some ideas, people go out and um, in solos or groups of twos or threes or more sometimes and sort of write out, they, they try their hand at a story um, to see if they can get into uh, at the at the nugget of whatever the um, the idea was at the spark we call it and so to kind of explode that and and um, sometimes it's a tiny idea that gets taken really far and sometimes it, sometimes it's a big idea that seems uh, impossible to tackle and it and it sort of crystallizes slowly over time with with the group's help and energy so the I mean, yeah, there, there's a blank slate, but also because we're using images, we, a lot of times we'll start from ima an image that we're excited mm -hmm. about or, or a sound that we're excited about, or can we show this with only an image and not using any words? Um, and it goes from there and kind of develops from there. And the, the, the freedom comes from being able to, we're leaning on archetypes, right? Because we're, since we're using only images to communicate, we're, we're leaning on things that people have seen before. Right. And seen, and also things that maybe they have in their imagination, right? That they're, um, maybe it's not specific, but because people have seen the inside of a kitchen, they can imagine the inside of a kitchen, right? No matter what kitchens they've been in. Um, and that gives us sort of this special power, which is 
the power of reveal, which means that we can let you know that we're in a kitchen sort of by washing some dishes at a sink and you'll figure out it's kitchen, but you don't know that there's a window next to the sink and you don't know that there's a person, uh, you know, who's about to come in and, uh, you know, about to spill something all over the floor. So those, those kinds of, um, slow reveal of of what is both in the environment and where we can take it is part of the power of mime. It's yeah, I I love that component of this. I don't think I've ever asked this question of the broken box. So uh, if I have listeners and you've listened to the previous two episodes with broken box and I'm repeating myself, sorry. Uh, <laughs> but can can I ask like a little like behind the scenes kind of thing? Sure. How do you mark time? I'm very fascinated by this because watching, I'm a very aural person, like I think mm. in sound, and the listening to the music, I'm like, okay, I can see where, oh, okay, that can be your mark, that can be your mark, because I can, I can follow like where in the song I am, right? If mm. I need to make a physical thing happen in moments. There were times when this, the soundscape was not, didn't have, at least not to my ears, noticeable moments to say like, ah, this is when I turn my head. Ah, this is when I do this thing. How do you keep time? How do you mark space and time for yourselves as mimes when there's not an aural cue? Huh. And y'all are always looking at each other. It's pretty fascinating. That's a great question. I, I, <laughs> some of it is just, honestly, it's internal, I think. When we've Does rehearsed it so many times. builds up in you? Yeah, yeah. well, because it's, it's, it's built on beats. It's storytelling beats. So we know that, like, how we kind of feel we're going to take a beat here. And, and we'll tell each other, like, ah, oh, take one more beat there. And everybody knows what that means. Um, and then as far as cues go, we work out these ways to take them off of each other. Mm -hmm. So if everybody, for example, in the giant statue, um, you know, uh, when I walk around and I'm about to start sketching, that's their cue to, you know, to start forming these ideas that, that the sculptor is thinking about. And the cue is like, I raise the pencil and I go for it and I know exactly whose line of sight I need to be in to let them know that I'm gonna do it. And they start and the entire rest of the group takes and off them. So there's like, so there's a domino, yeah. And, and then there'll be like a signal of like, uh, you know, right before uh, we should snap back into the unformed rock, you know, I'll put my pencil behind my ear. So it's really simple things, but it's all about sight lines and like, sometimes we take it from shadows it's, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> on the floor. I, there were moments where I was like, I can't, how did they know to do that? Like it's, it's also, it's not, it's, it, I guess it's not a, like a dance choreography in that way mm -hmm. that we're not really thinking about the timing and counts in that way. It's more about, I think it allows us to, to as actors, um, <laughs> breathe in the moments more and make each performance a little different. To just act. Yeah, to just like be in the moment and mm -hmm. then know that there are certain cues we need to take in order to move the story forward. And uh, astute listeners will notice that there is a, a child that has been chiming <laughs> in every now and again on <laughs> mic. Uh, that is my daughter who had <laughs> attended her very first piece of theater yeah. uh, as an audience member. She's been in some rehearsal rooms, but this was her first performance. <laughs> and because Broken Box does this really great thing where y'all have a family-friendly slash neurodiverse-friendly performance, mm -hmm. uh, which... If not for that, I couldn't be here. So thank you both for, and, and thank you to <laughs> Broken Box for making that happen. Can you talk to me a little bit about like the impetus for that and uh, any great fun ex uh, examples of uh, experiences you've had as a result of opening up the box and, and opening up the audience as well? I'm, I, it's just about accessibility. Yeah. I think it's about making the theater an accessible place. It's not this um, like a silo that exists by itself like there we want to welcome audiences of, of people with families to bring their kids people with different um, 
disabilities or um, behavior disorders. Like we want to create an, a space where they can also be welcome and enjoy the work. Um, I think it it also uh, broadens our community. I think what we're what we're really interested in is is not just performing for a small group. Like we want to open up the the conversation to include as many people as possible, and uh, that's a big part of the impetus to try to do these relaxed performances. Was feeling like um, our work is. Uh, because it's no words, it should be really accessible to anyone. Yeah. And so it feels pretty in line with our, with our ethos to like uh, uh, offer these relaxed performances. Yeah, and I think also, it, it, um, I'm not sure exactly where the idea started. Yeah. I know that we've uh, tried to cater to deaf audiences before, or invite them really is mm -hmm. what it is, because we're like, well, this is great. They can, <laughs> they'll have a great time seeing the show. Yeah. And, um, and you know, people who speak other languages, and then it kind of grew out of that, I want to say. Um, yeah. And it's because we're, again, because we're dealing in images, and we're speaking through images, and it's not quite the same sensory input that you would get from other types of live theater. And so for different types of audiences and different abilities, they might be able to receive it in a different way than they would a, a regular um, play with words. So I think that's part of part of the idea. I also think it's some of our like today was great. I think it's, <laughs> yeah, it's so it fun great. to have a really also it's nice. Uh, mime exists with an audience and, uh, and having such a enthusiastic response to the work. It makes it helps us as performers also feel like they're getting it, like they're really understanding what we're trying to do, mm -hmm. rather than it's like super formal and quiet right. and no one. It's like there, you can't clap, you can't laugh, you can't. But it was uh, also that that wonderful synergy that happened earlier, like we were, we were talking about before I turned on the mic, mm -hmm. where there was a moment with with babies where everyone. <laughs> I don't think I'm ruining the show in any way yeah, to yeah. say that there's a moment where all of the mimes on stage are holding babies and you could hear a couple little coos uh -huh. from the it audience. It was incredible. It was pretty yeah. wild. It was yeah, really yeah. cool, yeah. yeah. Um, this has been great. It's always great to see The Broken Box. Uh, so the show is Skin. We're at the Girl Theater at uh, ART New York on 53rd Street. And y'all run through when? February 3rd. Tickets and more information can be found at... Brokenboxmime.com. Brilliant. Thank you both so Thank much you. for doing this. Thank, Thank you very okay. much. Excellent work. Thanks. Thank you, Marissa and Joelle, for hanging out after the performance to chat. You can catch Broken Box Mime Theater's Skin at ART New York's Gural Theater, 502 West 53rd Street in Manhattan through February 3rd, 2019. Head to BrokenBoxMime.com for a link to tickets and more information. Thanks to you for listening into the podcast. If you dig it, please like it on Facebook, facebook.com slash go see a show. Follow at go see a show on Twitter and rate and or comment on the show's Apple Podcasts page. My name is Robert A.K. Gagno. You can find me on the internet at Robert Gagno, G-O-N-Y-O dot com. Until next time, go see a show. Great. Thanks. Like awesome. She started talking on cue as if like she, I know. Yeah, she was like, <laughs> she's like, oh, we're talking about how there's babies here?